Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week we're talking Marlins baseball. We're breaking down the U.S. Open, and we're breaking down BKFC 26, which will be live in attendance. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Big things, dog. <laughs> big things, big things. Before we get started, I got to give a special shout out to Davies behind the camera, dog. Thank you so much for coming and doing this for us, man. Uh, without you, dog, this live session right here wouldn't be possible. That would Literally. Bring, bring it to everybody on YouTube right now, Joel. Um, shout out to YouTube, big dog. What's going on, my G? My voice is a little hoarse. I can tell. <laughs> I had quite the weekend, as, yeah, you, as you can recall. Absolutely. Or maybe not recall. I definitely recall it way more than you do. <laughs> Saturday night was a movie, man. We had a great time. Oh, yeah. um, we were chilling in Coconut Grove. Your girl put together an amazing golf-themed bar crawl. Um, hit up like six different bars that night. It was oh, yeah. wild. There was like 40 people out there, 25 people out there. It was deep. Um, everybody dressed to the nines with the freaking golf outfit she, on. You and Gio even took your gloves. I brought my If I'm going to go play golf or dress in <laughs> golf attire, I'm bringing my glove. Like, especially my OJ glove. That was my OJ glove, the black one. You guys don't know about that. Classy stuff. Yeah, man. But it was a great time, bro. I, I hope you had a good time. I hope you enjoyed my speech. It was brief, but it was heartfelt, and it was, you know, in the perfect time, bro. No, it was great, man. It was great. Appreciate the kind words, and thank you for being there, bro. I mean, everybody that came through, it was, like you said, it was a movie. Yeah, man. We got to do it again. Absolutely, dog. Don't worry, man. I'm going to take over most of this episode so you can save some of that voice <laughs> for Thursday when we do the Appreciate game of the week. You. Yeah, man. Thursday game of the week. And for Friday, too. Don't and forget. for Friday, man. Wow. We got a stacked week for these people, man. Let's start with some baseball, bro. Um, Marlins, you know, we've talked about how, <clears throat> excuse me, how they've been able to find a way to really get going right when it comes to their pitching staff their pitching staff is on fire right now we saw a great performance um by sandy alcantara the other day against the mets um but the marlins lose the series in philadelphia we know that the road has not been kind to the marlins this year um they lose two out of the three games lost the first one three or two won the the one start that we had from from sandy uh they got a 11 to 9 again kind of waiting to that last minute and even still kind of under a threat where the bullpen could blow yet another game because out of these games that we've been losing the the trend doesn't seem to stop man you know the bullpen has been letting us down beyond yeah man beyond letting us down letting the pitchers down more than anything because they're they're leaving wins out there and for a team that's as young as the Marlins right that doesn't have necessarily the all-star depth behind them when it comes to so many players, right, or big names. They need to get every single win and be a scrappy type of team in order to just stay in, in the hunt, which is what we want from them, ultimately. Uh, they go, you know, they leave Philadelphia, head to New York to take start another four-game series, a against, wraparound series against the Mets. A red-hot Mets. 
team. A red hot Met team, and and they lose three out of those four games too. You know, losing today, uh, I believe they lost ten to four, or no, it was like eight zip, something like that. We got blanked out, but you know, again, we're losing games ten four, three two. The one win, like I said, we got it from Sandy, where he pitched well. And even in that game, we had to have something amazing happen. Which we did. Right? In order for us to walk away with that win, because Sandy had given up two runs. Now, this is not a knock on Sandy, because, you know, in his last, what, eight straight starts, the guy's allowed two less, two or less runs, which is the longest streak in baseball, only second to the actual record, which is held by King Felix. King Felix, when he was in Seattle, um, he did it, I believe, 16 games straight in 2014. Damn. And this dude is on a tear, eight games, eight straight starts that he has, allowing two runs or less. What does that tell you? He's always putting the Marlins in a position to win when he's on the mound. You know, and that's the epitome of an MVP, right? The epitome of a Cy Young type of guy, because even with all of this, he still has a 7-2 record, a 1.72 ERA. Second in the majors, like we have one of the best pitchers that we that is happening, you know, currently in baseball. We need to take advantage of that. You know, seven wins is not enough for this guy, you know, with the season that he's having. Um, there are other pitchers that have less numbers that are 10 game winners and, you know, they're nowhere near as good as Sandy. And it sucks, you know, that we have to rely on a guy breaking a record from 1901 right in his major league debut in order for him to get a win. And we're talking about Gerard, 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 Encarnacion, Gerard. Yeah, the last name's familiar. Encarnacion. No, he's Dominican, he, but he's not related. How? <clears throat> there's a lot of people. If you're from Dominican Republic, you know, like at least 50 people last name Encarnacion. Let's be honest. <laughs> there's no way that you're from Dominican Republic and not know anybody last name Encarnacion. But this dude, you know, tore it up in in Double A, tore it up in Triple A. Um, was a number 16 prospect for the Marlins. In 2020. When we had Devin on. Yep. Didn't Devin name him? He was one of the guys that Devin named. And this guy has proven it, you know, at each level. Uh, Got hurt in 2020. COVID happened. Lost the majority of time. Came back in 2021. I was was in a great season in in AAA. Got hurt. And then was able to bounce back and just rip the ball, you know, completely to shred and hit a lot of home runs. So the Marlins gave him a chance in that game that Sandy was pitching. Him and Sandy go way back for when they both signed with the Marlins. So it was exciting for Sandy to see him out there. And he tells him, man, you know, you go out there and you you hook me up and win this game for me. I'll buy you whatever you want. Man, this dude comes up to play after striking out his first two times and comes up to get his first major league hit with the bases loaded and hits a grand slam to put the Marlins up. In the sixth inning. I mean, you can't you can't write that, dog. No way. No I mean, way. I guess you could, but it's way better when it happens for real. Yeah, man. And 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 again, he had an outfield assist as well, showing off his arm where he smoked the guy going into second, trying to extend a single into a double, was able to throw him out, became the first player in the major leagues, like I said, since 1901, to have an outfield assist and a grand slam in their debut and have their first hit be a grand slam. And he's the second Marlins player to do that. In history, to have his first hit be a grand slam. Do you know who the first one is? Babe Ruth. Marlins, man. Oh, sorry. (laughs) You caught me off guard, dog. I wasn't even there. Babe Ruth. (laughs) We said it with so so much conviction. (laughs) I think you know Babe Ruth is usually the answer to any baseball trivia. Nah, I I have no idea. I'm blanking. Jeremy Hermida. 
Wow. You remember that guy in 2005? I don't. You do remember that guy, man. Jeremy Armida? I don't remember the name. He had a lot of hype behind him when he came up, when the Marlins brought him up. And on his first big league hit, he was able to hit a grand slam. I believe the Marlins won that day as well. But, you know, that, that just shows you how much the Marlins batted or struggling. You know, we need to see more from Aguilar. You know, he went on on the DL. Don't know when he's going to come back. Um, Jesus Sanchez, I think, was on the DL for a couple of games as well. Tough to replace his type of talent. The only guy that we're relying on right now is Jazz. And like it or not, he's not really a power hitter, but he's doing power numbers right. this year, which is great and really keeping the Marlins afloat, 29 and 35. Um, it could be way worse. It could be way worse, and it's not. So we got to see. I mean, you know, we've had our woes. We've talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. We had Devin on, like I said, um, you know, talk Marlins baseball. And since then, kind of went on a little run, right? They started doing a little bit better, but... I mean, it's just when you have the schedule that we have, it, it's tough. I mean, you go to play the Phillies, right? Always a good team, even though they're struggling, fired their GM and all that, right? Or their manager, whatever. They're still a good team. They, they have got a talent. solid, solid team. <clears throat> they got Bryce Harper, right? One of the, one of the best in the game right now. Something um, that the Marlins don't have—a guy like correct, him. Correct. And then we go Red Hot Mets. Sheesh. And then now turn around this week, who are we playing? Colorado at home, at least, and then we and got. Then we're on the road against. No, we play the Mets home again. We have a home little series coming we up. We play the Braves coming up, don't we? After. After the Mets. I mean, that's just brutal. It's brutal. The the, 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 the Braves always have our number. Yeah, man. And, and you know, again, they match up well against us because those are teams that have good pitching. So they can match our pitching and win games. And if our pitching is off, like let's say T-Raw is off or maybe Pablo doesn't pitch as well in those first five innings and we got teed up for two, three runs, we know that when the seventh, eighth inning comes in, the Marlins are very successful, you know, very susceptible. Whoa, having a hard time with that word. Susceptible? That's the one. To giving up runs, especially in the bullpen. They can never rely on the bullpen. And we haven't seen any type of moves. I haven't seen any type of rumors. Or heard anything about any moves coming. And that worries me. Of course. That worries me. What are we doing? Yeah. But let's see, man. Let's see what happens with the Marlins, bro. We, we're we're going to have... You know, that home series against Colorado, and that's going to be a big one, right? Because we'll have our top dogs being able to pitch, and it's always good to play in the home crowd. Hopefully, people show up, and hopefully the bats show up, man, and we get some of these guys back from the deal quickly, man. I know I always say this. We always say this. We got to go to a game soon. Yeah, we will, bro. Now we got our we setup. Like, we're, we're definitely trending in that direction to go into a game where we'll make it an event where people could come out and check us out at Sports with Soso and hang out with the crew. You know, we had a great time at the at the opener, you know, um, Martin's games, man. Always good. Always good. Let's talk a little bit about golf, bro. I know you saw the U.S. Open this weekend. You played a little bit of golf on Sunday. And the tournament itself was very interesting, man. It was a very, very tight, very tight, you know, bracket every single day. Like, you know, if you if you missed and you were off, you were finding yourself not dropping maybe four or five spots. You were finding yourself dropping 10 to 15 spots. Um, And that can happen. I mean, somebody gets hot or somebody gets cold and it just flips. Yeah. Joel Damon. Joel Damon was, you know, going into the weekend doing well. Had a rough Saturday, could not put the ball. Ended up going, he was like four or five under, ended up back at like one over even. You talk about going from the top of the leaderboard to like 30th. Yeah. Prime example Done. right there. Done. Um, but, man. Even a guy like Mike Soma started off pretty well the first day, You're right? He was in those 20s. Friday came along, 
didn't do well all the way down the, off the leaderboard into the 50s and 60s. And then I never heard from him again or never saw from him again. Yeah, he um, was absent. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Matt Fitzpatrick, the winner of the U.S. Open. Shout um, out to Matthew Fitzpatrick. Shot two under on, on Sunday to finish six to lock under. lock it down. And beat Scotty Scheffler and Will Zalatoris by one stroke. Phenomenal performance. I mean, the storyline going into it, the kid won there. He won the amateur there in 2013 at the country club. Right. He beat Scotty Scheffler, actually, you know, That's in that dope. same tournament, right? So he had a lot of hype going into that tournament, you know, as I wouldn't say quote-unquote the favorite, but if you know golf and you know the history, you kind of were leaning on him. You were like, I like this guy this week. He's a good ball striker, um, puts the ball well. I mean, he, he has a complete game. Not the longest guy, not the biggest guy. I mean, he's – he, he looks like he's, he could he's, be an accountant or something. He looks like your average golfer, like a regular average golfer, not yeah. a guy, like you said, who's going to really show off his power or really show off his finesse in the short game, um, but just consistent. And even on Sunday, on throughout the tournament, he was very consistent. Shot a 68, a 70, and then two more 68s. That's consistency. That means that he's reading the course amazingly well had a really good feel for the greens right and how they were running and then on top of that he was able to uh, overcome right the pressure of having a guy like scotty scheffler world's number one player behind you and a kid who's been on fire recently in wills out of taurus four championships four wins already one of them a major championship yeah man i mean scotty you know he was he was he was coming for him he, he started was- off the day super hot he birdied like two out of the first three or four holes, got himself right back in it, you know, because he was he was at six under on Sunday. Yeah. I'm sorry, Saturday. Then he messed up after the Eagle, started going downhill, finished the day at like two under, three under, and then started hot on Sunday. So everybody was like, oh, watch out. Here comes Scotty. I was going, I was rooting for Scotty, you know. Obviously, we just talked about it. Four wins already on tour. Got his first one this year. Got three more after that. Won the Masters. I mean, having a ridiculous year for any golfer. Playing amazing. And I kind of was rooting for him, but I'm not mad that Matt Fitzpatrick won because how he played. No, for sure. I, I mean, on 18, so that bunker shot, oh. the fact that he was able to put it on the green within 20, 30 feet was outlandish. And and I think that shot right there that you talked about deflated any hopes that Zalatoris would have had or even Scotty because they knew they would have had to hit Perfect shots now. Well, Scotty was done. Scotty was already in the clubhouse. He needed a three putt, right? Which was not going to happen. Not going to happen. And Zalatoris needed to make his birdie putt, which he missed. He didn't make it, dog. And and hey, I can't talk shit. Talk about another impressive year or two for Will Zalatoris. I mean. How close has he come? How many times? Look, we talked about it. We talked about Scotty feeling himself maybe a little bit too much on Saturday. Remember when we saw him hit the eagle, and then it was like, damn, he kind of had that that dip. Maybe he was hyped up for that. And then we also had talked about before um, about Will Zalatoris, how he's such a calm type of guy, doesn't make a lot of noise, but he does a great, great job of just being able to play well and really hang around the big guys and not be afraid of the competition, not be afraid of the tournament, not be afraid of the moment, and really put up some really good performances. So it wasn't really surprising for me to see Zalatoris end up in the top three. Really, like you said, one stroke behind the world's number one best player and a guy who just made some freaking history at that course. I don't know if you know this, but Matt joined the legend of Jack Nichols, Jack Nicholas this this year. By winning that tournament. Fitzpatrick? Yeah, he became the second player ever to win a U.S. amateur tournament and a U.S. major. At the same course? At the same course. 
He did it at Pebble Beach in 61 and 72. That's dope as a What a legend awesome. that guy is, bro. Um, But no, man, Fitzpatrick, man, first career win on the PJ Tour, and it's a major? Yeah, It's bro. the U.S. Open, bro? 3.1 milli? What? I mean, forget the money, bro. Liv got more hey. money than that, dog. I want money. I'm going to go overseas. Yeah. I'm going to go play with the Saudis, you know what I'm saying? But, go catch a bag. But for the glory, man, I mean, your first yeah. win is a major. What Does that set the tone? I mean, or is that too... Too much to live up to now. Nah, I think that does set the tone for him because now he knows, again, like, he's got to look at who was his competition for this tournament in order for him to get this win. World number one and a really hot player in Zalatoris. Uh What's the dude, um, Hideki? Uh, Hideki Matsuyama. Matsuyama played amazing this shot, weekend. Shot the round of the day on Sunday, five under to finish top top four. Top four. He was, uh, yeah, he was number four by himself. Finished a great round was really driving the crap out of the ball. Played ex- again, excellent. And he started the day at two over and finished three under for the beast, tournament. Beast, that guy is a beast. And again, for for Matt to come out here and play his game, stay consistent, shoot three sixty eights in a tournament. No, not just any tournament. Not just a any, major championship. So and that and that, that place course looks is ridiculous. Hard. Yo, the. My bro, I would have never got out of bounds there or, or that rough. That rough was That stupid. rough was th- like six to seven inches, bro. It was stupid. The ball would land there and you would lose the ball. The camera would yeah. lose the ball. It was always like a, a good indicator whenever you would see them go in the rough. Yeah. And you see like a little bit of like the white golf ball. Right. You're like, oh, thank God they have a chance. <laughs> they found it. <laughs> yeah, because if not, like it goes in, you just lose it. You and never even, see it. And even still, how much does that affect their shot, right? Where you have to put extra force or oomph to get it out of that grass where you have to push literally through multiple blades of grass to get even make contact with your ball man not easy i mean but what's the next tournament tournament. coming up i mean well we only got one more major man we got the open yep the open is the the next one is the last major of the season and then after that probably you know the fedex cup championship but which is nice nobody cares about that nobody cares about it but it's nice yeah you know especially right now with the whole liv tour stuff and all that crap legacy baby you want to win those majors man you're big on the legacy and look for one of the pga guys to go out there and win the major also dope also dope and that was a lot of heat you know talking about phil and he was there and then he got bounced out early and people like "Ah, a rough couple days that's why you went to go get the money so it was interesting. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship going down this Friday, uh, the 24th at the Hard Rock. Hard Rock, baby. Which you and I will be there. Oh, with- what? 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 We're going? It, live, brother. What? We're going to be live, man. Shout out to Bernie for hooking up the credential too, man. We appreciate, appreciate you, you, brother. Um, this is going to be a movie. On Friday night, man. We got the homie Jesse coming in with us, and we're going to be... MMA extraordinaire. Bro, just be able to enjoy a live event, number one, right? And see an amazing card in Bare Knuckle. Because you and I have watched it before in my apartment, you know, and we've seen how physical it can get, right? Even between the women, you know, how those blows that they're landing are really keen blows. Really, like, tough-to-execute punches that boxers could normally do and these guys are doing it with their bare fists and landing with that accuracy when it's so slippery you guys are bleeding easily you know and it's gonna be a dope event man i'm looking forward to it bro it's nothing i mean when you see something on tv and then you see it on person in person it's just two different experiences right, right. music see you go to a concert on tv it's way different than when you're actually there yeah stand-up comedy the laughs are a little bit harder when you're actually there i can't wait to see these these fists flying back and forth Oof. and and Seeing that in person, I want to get some blood or some sweat on me. 
I don't know about doing all of that. I, I want to be ringside right there for all that action. We'll be close, but I don't think, like, I'm going to be wearing a nice shirt out there. You know nah. what I'm saying? I don't really want blood on me, dog, nah, like that. I'm going out there in a white T-shirt. I guess, just man. So we Bring an extra on. shirt just in case we go to go get a drink. <laughs> Bring an extra shirt. All oh, right? I got you. I'll do that. All right, cool. Let's talk about the main event. The main event is what we talked about with Jesse. We got Elvin Brito versus Luis Palomino. And these guys are representing Puerto Rico and Peru, respectively. A lot of hype around this fight. A lot of hype. A lot of bad blood around this fight. Um, We got Palomino coming up. He's the current champ at lightweight. And Brito is the champion at welterweight. They're going up for the belt on the line is Brito's welterweight belt. It's going to be an interesting fight because both of these guys are are very you know, known for their power. They're known for knocking guys out in their division and really finishing fights with type some type of emphasis, right? Not really liking to go to the decision. Um, in his last three fights, Brito has won, I think, two out of his last three fights, and so has Palomino. He's two and one. Um, actually, yeah, he's two and one. Th- those two guys... For me, it's almost like a personal fight that they're a street fight that they're gonna let them do in the in the in the octagon, pretty much because the way these guys have been talking to each other on on Instagram, it's like it's it's beyond selling a card. It's it's like hey, if we weren't getting paid to do this fight, I would fight you in the parking lot type shit. You know. My question to you is: Is this round over in ten seconds, twenty seconds, Ooh. or thirty seconds? Because I don't see this going longer than 30 seconds. Nah, it's, it's definitely going to be under a minute. Because these guys are going to come out and really swing for the fences, bro. And really try to put an end to this madness already, you know? And I really think it's going to be a knockout under a minute, maybe 45 seconds. Mm. Who, are so you over under Who are you picking? Are you taking Brito <laughs> or are you taking Palomino? That's a tough one, dog. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have to take a complete guess here and flip a coin. We're going to go with Palomino. That's a good guess. I'm, I, I wanted to take um, Brito because I feel like he has a little bit more experience in that division, carrying that weight into a fight night, as opposed to, to Palomino, who's going to be doing it for the first time. He probably walks around at that weight, but it's different when you cut and then put it back on. You know what I mean? Like, that that can always mess with you a little bit. Um, the co-main event for that evening is one of the guys that we, we know down here in Miami. It's uh, Yuli Monster um, Diaz versus bro, Francesco Ricci. That guy's a scary dude, bro. He's a scary man, bro. And, again, that's a guy who is very technical when it comes to his striking, knows how to evade punches, um, is very experienced in, in bare-knuckle fighting, and is currently, you know, in a top, top form for being a cold main event um if it wasn't for these two guys going crazy at each other this fight would probably be the main event and what's yuli's record right now right now his record is two and one in his last three fights so again he's 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 not only battle tested right but he's also put people out and that goes a long way in bare knuckle. Like it's different to go get a decision, but it's like we saw in the when Alan Belcher knocked out um, uh, Tate. When he, when when you land the right punch, bare knuckle on the button, it's gonna shut down. It's gonna be a spectacular shutdown because it's different from an MMA kick or something like that. All of those things are different. When you hear that smack of that bare knuckle hitting of somebody's chin like dead on. 
man, it's impressive. And that's what these guys go for. And I think Yuli's really mastered that at this at this level, where his fights are like almost always, you know, impressive and and they're decisive. Um, he might have the fight of the night. He might, but this dude Richie ain't no slouch either. He has three straight wins in in his in the division in bare knuckle fighting too. So he he's carrying his experience into here, and he was not afraid to take this fight. A lot of dudes wouldn't probably take that fight against Yuli. <laughs> I don't blame him. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't blame him, like you said. But this dude is stepping up to the plate and really trying to make a name for himself inside of BKFC and outside of BKFC as as being like. A global star when it comes to fighting. Um, oh, an impressive knockout win on sat- on Friday night would definitely do that for him. You know what I mean? For either one, wouldn't you argue? Yeah, because, well, more so for Richie because he's kind of the unknown name. Yuli's established, right? People know what Yuli's bringing to a fight. People know what 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 type of professionalism, what type of um, heart he's going to bring to a performance. You know what I mean? So, like, people know what to expect from Yuli. I don't think so many people recognize Richie as much if you're unless you're like knee deep, you know, neck deep into BKFC, which not saying that there's not a lot of people out there like that. But as far as being a co-main event, it's it's a big it's it's a next step up. You know what I mean? Like Yuli's already been at that level. Gotcha. Yeah, I got you. So that that fight's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm guessing we're both taking the Miami guy, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. There's nothing against him. Huh? Yeah, definitely don't want no problems. Definitely don't want no problems. And then the last fight of the night is Rawlings versus Hart Beltran, which are two females fighting for the number one flyweight uh, t- uh, spot in order to go get the championship. Um, this is Rawlings' first fight in bare knuckle fighting championship. She's a, has an MMA background where she was undefeated. Um, but again, striking in MMA is always different from striking when it comes to boxing or even bare knuckle fighting because you need to be able to have that that ability to evade and land at the same time. You know, it's not like a glove that you can kind of shake off or kind of skim your head at and be like, okay, I'm avoiding a majority of the damage. With a bare knuckle fist, you're absorbing 80, 90% of the damage every single time. So it's going to be an interesting fight between these two women, man, and... um for Beltran, it's it's probably going to be like her life is on the line type thing because she just came off of L. She's coming off a loss right now. Um, going up against a woman who's having her first bare knuckle fight, like you, you need to go out there and have some type of impressive performance in order to establish yourself in that division. If not, a, a woman like Rawlings who's going to come in with somewhat of a name from MMA and go out there and prove herself in bare knuckle, That'll probably give her a little bit more energy, more f- mo- momentum going forward to make bigger fights, you know, and, and possibly get the flyweight um, championship. So we're in, we're in for a big, big <clears throat> night, man. I'm excited. I'm excited for all of it. Obviously, the fights, first and foremost, but I want to see the production. I want to see the hard rock. I want to yeah. see what it's like to see a fight. I've seen comedy there tons of times, music. Never seen a fight there, though, man. I've seen a boxing match there once, um, which was dope. It was a really good arena for a boxing match even though you're one-sided you still got to see that um i believe i was there for an mma fight as well and this is going to be my first time going there for a bare knuckle fight first bare knuckle fight ever but the hard rock man how they've renovated it and and really made it amazing amazing experience for anybody to go in and enjoy whether it's drinks food gambling you know fights um performances it's, it's dope, man, and we're going to go out there and, and really be able to, you know, ham it all up and, and really get a lot of footage for you guys and, and bring you guys that good content where 
you know, you can see what we bring to the table when we're out there in live events. You know what we do when it comes to 365. Um, we got the game of the week dropping soon. Make sure to go subscribe on this YouTube channel because until we hit 120, my man right here is not dropping it. So do what you will with that. But for the bare knuckle experience, man, we're going to be able to bring you guys a lot of the behind the scenes. Hopefully we'll be able to get a lot of feedback from the fans attending the event as well. And maybe even some of the fighters. Who knows? Your boy Soso might just hook you guys up. I think this over promise, dog. I mean, under promise, over deliver. All right. Let my man hold. We may or may not record some stuff. We may or may not record some stuff. How about that? (laughs) I think it's. uh, No, not yet. Before we go, breaking news happened right before we recorded. I need to break your brain. We could make it a fast close. PJ Tucker just opted out of his contract. It's going to test free agency. The, the followers, listeners, fans, they need to know your opinion on this. Uh, sheesh. I would have preferred he would have opted in. Do we, say, do we pay him the big bucks? Is there a chance for us to keep him? Do you know any, any insight? I think he opted out, obviously, to rework his deal. I think he really loves being a part of the Miami Heat culture. He knows that Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra hold him in high regard. They've seen how we've treated our stars like Haslam and how we've been able to Give them, you know, a home here and put them in a position where we're contending and we're not just trying to win games here in the East. He knew how close we came to winning the championship. So I just think he wants to get paid a little bit better. Um, And I think he's going to give first and second refusal to the Heat. Like he'll listen to the Heat first and second before he goes listen to somebody else. You know what I mean? And and see what's out there for him because – uh, you know, I can name you 10 teams off the top of my head that can use a P.J. Tucker right I mean, now. What team can't use P.J. Tucker? Exactly. You know, um, I wanted to address the Bradley Beal rumors real quick before I step out, out of here, man. Um, now that we're on the heat talk. Obviously. Now that we're on the well. heat talk. Um, <laughs> for me, for me, it, obviously it's an upgrade. But from everything I'm hearing, we would have to move Kyle Lowry's contract. And I don't know how we can work bringing in a big contract like we would have to give to Beal and move a huge contract like Lowry at the same time. You know what I mean? Um, unless it's a three-team deal, which we've seen before, or even a four-team deal, which we've also seen before, we just know that Pat's looking definitely to find a whale, right? And Bradley Beal would be a hell of a whale to get. Um, obviously, he's offensively gifted. Um, defensively, maybe not the sharpest tool or really hard, but if you consider how else you could build a team around him with having a Bradley Beal, Obviously, you can find ways to get away from that. Um, much better score than a guy like Duncan. Much better score right now than a guy like Hero. And that's kind of where it would leave you to be, right? I wouldn't even say Beal's a better defender than both of them. Uh, yeah, probably, right? Obviously, more than Duncan. You The closet can defend better than Duncan. But, <laughs> you know, is it worth it? And how, how are you going to be able to pull the deal off? Let's see. I, I would like the upgrade. If we can get Bradley Beal, that would be raw, oh, yeah. obviously, or even Spider Mitchell, raw. But in order for one of those guys to come in, Lowry has to get out of here. Yeah. And we got to find a team. So when you guys find a team that can take Lowry's contract like that, drop <laughs> drop a comment, hit us up in the DMs, and let us know, man. And we'll be happy to, to entertain the idea, man. But for now, we're going to entertain this, us leaving. Joel, there it is. <laughs> It's time to t- <laughs> it's time to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend. Don't lose your voice. To don't lose your voice screaming on a Saturday night <laughs> celebrating your birthday. Nah, man, go check us out. Uh, Three sixty five videos. We're dropping them whenever we get the subscriber hit. 
Uh, we're also dropping more content coming here on the YouTube live. So make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel, hitting that like button, dropping comments, and let us know what you think. Another big shout out to the man behind the camera, Davies, my brother. You are the man, my G. And if you don't follow this guy right now, we're going to drop his IG. And you guys can hit him up for all this type of stuff, and he'll charge you by the hour. Until next time, peace.